Hello, world. You are listening to Townley Money Basics, the podcast that helps you improve your financial knowledge. I am your host, Sean Townley. Welcome, world, to Townley Money Basics, the show that takes this big concept we call money and breaks it into itty-bitty pieces so I can understand it better, and hopefully you can too. Today, we're going to talk about money philosophy. A money philosophy is your personal philosophy about money. It's as simple as that. It's kind of self-evident, I guess, in a way. How do you feel about money? What are your thoughts about money? What what kind of drives you when it comes to money? So there's there's different concepts. I'll, I'm going to share today my philosophy on money. So I want to give you some concepts and some framework and talk a, lot, a little bit about it, some time frame. So concepts I want to get into is money is just a tool. It's how we transact goods for, for goods and services. So money itself doesn't help you at all. I mean, you can't eat money. It's hard to shelter yourself with money. I guess you could if you have enough of it. But in the end, it's what money can get you, right? The goods and services that come along with having money, I think, is really what we want. So money is just the means to do that, to, to be able to exchange for goods and services. Uh, the thing, Another concept is time. You can make more money, theoretically. I mean, anybody can make more money, but you can't make more time. So time is the equalizer in this equation. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich or if you're middle class. Everyone gets the same amount of time. Well, lifetimes are different, but I mean the same time in a day. You can't create more time. You can't store time for later. You can't save time for retirement for later. I mean, I guess the closest thing we come to this is if you have a job and you can accrue some vacation, but even then, the time will still pass whether you take it or not. So maybe that's not even a good example. The next concept is value. You know, we talk about what things cost a lot, but at the end of the day, what is that good or service worth really only matters to you. So are you willing to trade money for that service? I mean, if you're going to buy a car, if you wanted to buy a $50,000 car and you're, you need it, to be of value to you for $50,000. I mean, just because the cost is $50,000, maybe you don't feel it should be $50,000 and you need to go look somewhere else for something else. Maybe you don't want to spend that much money on it. But what you see is value. I mean, yes, there's price tags. And there, in some cases, you can negotiate the price, not necessarily with retail stores and what, but uh, but on you know if you do offer up or you do you know eBay or you do any of these other services, Craigslist, you can negotiate that price to get it to the value you feel it deserves. If you still feel it's too expensive, then you're not obligated to buy it at any time, right? So just remember that value is the worth that you put on an item or a service, what it's worth to you. Next is cost. Cost is trading time for goods and services, right? So at the end of the day, I'm going back to the time, you are trading your life or time in this case, you, you may have to do labor, you may have to go to a job. When when you look at cost, you really need to look at what the value is, as we just talked about, and whether you're willing to trade those hours of your job or employment, or if you work for yourself, are you willing to trade that those hours for that thing? Because at the end of the day, money is just the tool that does the transaction itself. But you're going to have to work for so many hours to accumulate that money to be able to purchase that thing or service, correct? So that's what the true cost is. How many hours of your life is it going to take you 
to earn the money to be able to pay for that. So if you think about it this way, if you're buying a $50,000 car and you, you say you make $100 an hour, you know, it's, it's going to take that many, however many hours of your time to be able to pay for that $50,000 car. So to buy a $50,000 car, think about this. If you make $100 an hour, which I know a lot of us don't, you're going to have to commit 500 hours of what you're doing to purchase that car. And you're going to have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth me spending those 500 hours just to pay for that vehicle? So that's what I want you to think about when it comes to cost. When you see the cost of something, think about what your hourly worth is or how much you make an hour at your job and think about how many hours it will take to actually make the purchase. Another concept that I've talked about before is being frugal. I, I personally like being frugal. To me, it's money is kind of like a game. I don't like to pay re, full retail for anything, if, unless it's something that I truly value or think that I think it's worth my time or it's something that's gonna help me become perhaps a better person. So the first thing about being frugal is you, you ask yourself, do I really need this? And you kind of challenge yourself, right? I mean. It's, it's one thing to want something because you think it's cool. It's another thing to say, do I really need this? And when you put it in that frame, sometimes you may find out that it's not something you really need, but it's just truly something you really want. You may have everything you need already. It may not do it at the level you want it to, but you may be able to wait for it to be discounted later so you don't have to pay full price for it. And then the other question a frugal person typically asks himself is, will I actually use this? I may have mentioned this before. I know people that go spend money on things like clothes and they never actually wear them. They, they enjoy going shopping for the clothes themselves, but they don't actually wear them. I mean, you go into their closets and they, they still have price tags on them. They don't even take them back in some cases. And sometimes they donate them to their friends or even take them to Goodwill still with the price tags on them. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So being frugal. That's a concept that's near and dear to me. I enjoy doing it. it like I said, it's kind of gamifying the system. It, 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 it's something that I enjoy. Another concept is minimalism. So what is the least amount I need and still be happy? So this is something, an equation I'm constantly trying to get to myself. I find the older I get, the less I want. I want to only have things around me that are of value and that I'm actually going to use. I mean, as Americans, we, we do a good job of collecting things. and We just have a lot of stuff and it ends up laying around. We even pay to store stuff, stuff that we don't want to get rid of. We have this loss, you know, we, loss aversion. We don't want to get rid of things. And for why? I mean, for what purpose? So minimalism is something that I've newly, well, I would say the last couple of years, I've really been trying to explore. But I'm trying to understand what is the least amount I need and still be happy. Because I think... I'm going to surprise myself. It's going to be not as much as I think I need. And as I've said over the years, I've kind of transitioned more to experiences anyway. So stuff isn't that big a deal as it was when I was younger. When I was younger, stuff seemed to be everything. So I'm, I'm striving to get to this point where I'm trying to find the least amount of what I need and still be happy. And then finally, the last concept is a big one. It's a small word, but it's a big concept. It's why, you know, what motivates you to do what you do? Why, why do I want to be frugal? Why do I want to be more of a minimalist? I just think that if I get distractions and things out of my life, I can truly be happier. I can concentrate a bit more and I won't be such as attention deficit. 
you know, I I mean, we're, we're living in a, in a world where we just read headlines. We don't even read the articles anymore. So I think if I can remove some of the clutter in my life, that uh, I can I can actually become happier, you know, as I meditate and do some other things. So trying to find your why, what motivates you to do what you do. And I think if you follow this and you keep asking yourself why, you may be able to find yourself that you can be happy with less. And that's one of the things that I'm on my journey. So those are the concepts that I use in my money philosophy. Uh, here's some of the framework I use in my money philosophy. Uh, number one is the emergency fund. I think I've spoken about that you know, more than anything else. This is the buffer for the unseen, right? With an emergency fund, I get some sort of sense of peace. You know, it helps me sleep a little bit better at night, knowing that if something were to happen, that I have something set aside to help address it. Now, it may not address all of it. You know, there's still going to be loss and such, and I have to deal with that. But from a monetary standpoint, the emergency fund and this money philosophy is very important. It is the bedrock, the foundation. It is what helps me sleep at night. The second framework is the spending plan. You know, this is where we track the offense and the defense of the money. The offense being how we make money, and the defense is how we spend money or how we keep money. Because it doesn't matter how much you make, you may have heard. It doesn't matter how much you make. I mean, it does matter how much you make, but it's really how much you keep that really matters. That's what's going to determine your 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 net worth and will get you where you want to be, you know, whether it's in happiness or just just satisfying those essentials, you know, just getting the clothing and shelter set aside. So the spending plan, it's a way of tracking it. So you understand how things come in. You understand how things go out. This also gives me peace of mind because then I can actually track and see trends in what I what I have and maybe even some opportunities for me to get even better at it. So like I said, a little bit of gamifying, but it is a way to track my money philosophy as well. The next is savings. You know, that's the planning for the future, right? In addition to the emergency fund, planning for the future. This is like retirement, 401ks, Roths, you know, having money set aside, you know, and kind of labeled for the future so that when I do decide, if I ever decide not to, to work anymore, that I have money set aside. So that's that's another framework. We have to have our savings in order. This is also the first 20% of the spending plan that I use. The first 20% goes to this retirement. It goes to my emergency fund if it's not already filled. And it goes to making sure that I have enough for the future coming ahead. Next is essentials, right? After I've got my savings put aside, then I I find out what it takes for me to live. My spending plan helps me do this as well. And this is where we make our ends meet, right? These are the things that we have to pay for, the housing, the food, you know, sometimes the travel and anything else, clothing. I mean, th these are the things. Now, it doesn't have to be the, the greatest clothing. This is just the basic stuff. But, you know, it, it, this is it, those needs those needs need to be met. Easy for me to say. But I want to make sure I have those covered. And then finally... With, with the leftover money, the discretionary income, as some people call it, then it's the wants. This is what what gets you the quality of life you want. So if essentials takes care of the basics, then the wants is what gives you the quality of life. How, how luxurious do you want to live going forward? So, so there's my framework. The, that's how my money philosophy works. I think about money. I give it little labels, uh, emergency fund. You know, I have the spending plan that tracks the overall I have my savings, I have my essentials, and I have my wants. That's the framework I use. And the time frame is is how soon is now. I mean, you need to start now. You will never be younger than you are right now. I may have said this before. You can't go back in the past and fix things. 
but you can absolutely learn, educate yourself, try to learn from your mistakes, and then set your new plan in order. Tweak your spending plan. I mean, that's the other thing. The spending plan is going to grow and change with you as you change in life. You're going to find that things that you coveted before, you don't necessarily covet anymore. You're going to start wanting new things. So the spending plan will help you get to your destination in that regard. And then the journey begins with just the beginning, right? I I would recommend sitting down, making a very basic spending plan and going forward from there. So the time frame is right now. I mean, I wouldn't put this off because if you put it off, you'll forget about it. Something else, something bright and shiny will come in your way and then you won't do it. So looking back, my money philosophy, you know, the concepts I went over, you know, money's just a tool. We only have the, the, we have the same amount of time in the day. We, you got to know how things are valued. Really what value is, is what it means to you. What, what, what you feel the value is not what anybody else says the value is the cost is trading your life energy, you know, however many hours you're going to have to work to be able to to purchase something. Uh, I like the concept of being frugal. I also like the idea of being a minimalist, and I'm, I'm on my journey to try to, to get closer to that. I, I think that's not a destination. That's a process. And then I'm constantly asking myself, why? Why am I doing things the way I'm doing them? Is there a better way to do it? Self-improvement, I guess, may be another way of saying that. The framework I use, the bedrock is the emergency fund. And then followed up by a spending plan so I can track what's coming in and what's going out. And then I have my three buckets, right? Savings is always the top 20% or more. You know, I do more if I can. Essentials, I try to keep that at 50%, which I live off only half of what we actually make. And then the wants is the quality of life. And if things go away, if if we have to downsize in any way, wants are going to be the first thing that we're probably going to have to sacrifice going forward. And then the time frame is get started right now. Get your spending plan in order, get your emergency fund in order, and the rest will start to fall into place. As you kind of see, how how much harder do I need to work to get to the lifestyle I want? Or vice versa, am I working too hard for the lifestyle I want? Is it time to start downsizing and getting smaller? Hey, did I cover your philosophy? I mean, I would love to hear about your philosophy. If you'd reach out and tell me your philosophy, that'd be great. You can find me at townleytech at gmail.com. I'm on LinkedIn at Sean Townley. And you can also go to my website, seantownley.com. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Townley Money Basics. Goodbye, world.